Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by your host, Kenzie Meekbag. Thank you, ladies and gents, for tuning in for yet another week of The Peaceful Truth. Uh, I really appreciate it. This week's episode is about a tragic historical event. It's the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Um, I wanted to cover it because I wanted to discuss female activism uh, that surrounded this event, both before and after it occurred, and also honor the women that passed in this Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. I just also think it's important to reflect um, that women tried to stop it and tried to have a voice, and it was ignored, and um, their activism was suppressed, and their demands were suppressed, and their needs were suppressed, by a hierarchy ran by likely a majority of men back in 1911 and um, for profit. And they um, ended up passing away from this and several lives that uh, would have improved this world were taken. And I think it's just important to recognize that some women tried to have a voice and tried to stop it prior to and even though they made a lot of changes and were very brave, it still wasn't heard enough until something so awful happened and they were forced to make a change. And it's horrific that it happened in this way. And I think it's important to recognize that so that we learn from historical events in, from in the future. So I wanted to give a shout out, though. I thought of this episode because of a recent podcast I listened to, My Favorite Murder. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's covered by, or it's hosted by, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And these women tell true crime stories, but in between, while they're just talking about random things, they'll joke around with each other. Um, so it's an interesting hybrid. But um, these women are feminists themselves, and I just was inspired by the way they covered the story. Um and I'm also getting my information from the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. So again, this fire occurred in 1911, and around 150 workers died, the majority of them being young females. Um, I wanted to explain what a shirt waist was, though, because I didn't know what it was. Um, it's a blouse that, according to this article, kind of crossed class lines that as well as it was paired, I believe, with a skirt, which kind of allowed more mobility for women because it wasn't a dress. And I think I got that from both My Favorite Murder and this. Um, so I think uh, that's some historical context for you. Um, but anyway, it's a few years before the fire occurred, female activists fought for better working conditions. They recognized this issue and this problem and what could happen from it um, and fought for it. So it wasn't like it was a new thing or news to anyone that these conditions were this bad. So some of the fight included um, the fight to end the locking of exits of high-rise buildings, um, which actually proved to be one of the main reasons for the high mortality rate in this fire. Um, so what activism occurred? Hundreds of workers went on strike in the fall of 1909 when leaders of these factories tried to make them work for longer hours and less money. And later uh, that year, an international union met to discuss strikes. Um, several men were discouraging striking and speaking out against it at this meeting. But then, 
a 19-year-old woman, which is very young and insightful for her age, um, very impressive and brave, Clara Lemlich, um, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, was one of the local union branch's founders. She spoke out. Um, a few months prior to that, she was beaten by a group of men uh, for being a part of this union. So Clara walked to the front of the crowd and to the stage, and she said, I have no further patience for talk, as I am one of those who feels and suffers from the things pictured. I move that we go on a general strike now. So right after that, the audience gave her a standing ovation and voted for a strike. The next morning, 15,000 workers walked out, and the next day, that number went past 20,000. The workers wanted a pay increase, a shorter work week, and overtime pay. Um, the workers were from 500 factories, and more than 70 of those smaller factories agreed to the protesters' requests because of the pressure and them having to shut down. It was a small victory for activism. However, there is some negativity. Um, the Triangle factory owners, who were against the strike in anti-union, met with several other factory owners, and they discussed physical force against these crowds, like uh, hiring more thugs, like the people who beat up Clara, or to put political pressure, which would get their police on the owner's side. Um, then, luckily, a wealthy suffragists heard of the strike and they got involved, which helped the movement's momentum, and it shut down uh, some of the factories temporarily. Both small and medium-sized factories uh, craved, uh, caved, not craved, to their wishes, and eventually some of the larger factories, uh, multiple factories' owners, agreed to the increase of pay and shorter hours. Um, again, however, the Triangle Factory uh, went back without a union agreement, and the owners didn't address their demands, um, including those doors and the fire escapes, which is just basic human decency. Um, so, again, uh, let's return back to this tragic event um, and talk about what happened to remember. Um, so it was a 10-story building, and back then, the firefighters' ladders couldn't reach uh, all the way up the building. And because those workers were locked in and trapped, several women jumped to their death. And people were just standing outside witnessing all of this happen on the street. Again, about 150 of 500 workers died. The workers, some of them were as young as 15 years old, worked seven days a week, every single day of the week, for more than 12 hours in only a half-hour lunch break, and they were only paid $6 for working seven days and 12 hours. And not only that, some of them had to bring their own supplies to work to be able to work there. Um, however, sometimes in tragic events, sometimes good can arise out of a bad situation. It led to fundamental reforms and led to a lifetime of advocacy for workers' rights for some women, including Frances Perkins, who watched the fire. She later became the Secretary of Labor under FDR. The Factorating Investigating Commission was signed into law after pressure from activists, and they went on to investigate about 2,000 factories, which led to eight laws from fire safety to inspections and sanitation. Again, just basic workers' rights. And the next year, they pushed for 25 more laws, and that ended up creating uh, a state Department of Labor to help enforce this law. So 
I wanted to reflect on all the females that were brave enough to speak out during this time, um, put their livelihoods on the line, um, find a voice when it was taboo and, uh, fought for this. It was just so tragic though. Uh, the woman that passed who fought for these changes and didn't get basic human respect. And so um, I just wanted to highlight them and honor them. And I think it's important to think of history and reflect back on it so it it doesn't happen again and we recognize negative situations. Um, Let's see. This week, I always like to end the podcast episode on a positive note, though. So I like to think of what I'm looking forward to. And this week, I'm looking forward to going to New York for the first time for my 28th birthday to see one of my best friends, Cody. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. I want you to reflect and think about one positive thing you're looking forward to in your life that's really making you happy. Um, I appreciate everyone for tuning in for yet another week. I'll see you soon. Bye.